Welcome to the BeastNet Podcast, proudly presented by the Beast Obstacle Course Racers and sponsored by GH Unders Performance Base Layers. Here we discuss all things athleticism to obstacle course racing, endurance to nutrition, our team, and more. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey everybody, this is Adam Bergenheyer with Beast OCR. Welcome to the BeastNet Podcast. Today we have a special guest and my dear friend, Mr. Dustin Garrett. He's uh, not just all-around amazing dude um, and has been involved in things like CrossFit, uh, endurance, and all sorts of OCR, uh, but he's also seen it behind a lens. So thank you, Dustin, for joining me today. Yeah, glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Woo! <laughs> uh, Dustin, you want to kick it off for us and tell us a little bit about who you are and what got you into this crazy stuff that we do for fun? Huh. Um, wait, what was the first part of that question? Who are you? Oh, I'm Dustin. Uh, yeah, I'm Dustin. And, um, as far as the kind of the endurance OCR stuff, it kind of started with getting into CrossFit. Um, been doing that for five or six years now. Um, I go to Rainier CrossFit in Sumner, Washington. Um, it's the, I think it's the eighth affiliate ever. Um, and I think the second affiliate in the state of Washington. So they've been around for a while. Um, definitely have kind of an, a more old school style there. Um, we use stones a lot, logs. Um, there's a kind of a, a crazy, um, like there's the girl workouts, Fran and all that stuff. They, they have one called Olga and it's like carrying this log around and stuff. So I definitely like, so I kind of, you know, asked a few people. Um, the coaches and stuff, hey, can we do one of those? Like, I always want to do one of those. And she's like, ah, it's a lot of work. And, you know, I don't know if anyone would really want to sign up. And so I kind of kind of laid off them for a while. And talking with a few friends after workouts, I found a couple of people that might be interested in, in, in doing one. So I looked up races coming up, and Spartan Race had a super coming up in, I think it would have been April of 2015, I think. I don't remember. That was a long time ago. And uh, so three of us signed up and went down, did the race, had a complete blast. Obviously, you do one race, and immediately you're like, what can I sign up for? How do I do my trifecta? Where do I need to go? And um, so, yeah, that's how I kind of got into the OCR side of things. And through that, learned about things like Go Rock, Hurricane Heats, um, and kind of the more endurance side of things. And I think it's weird because I'm, like, not really a competitive person or into, like, team stuff, but there's something about endurance events that actually I kind of really enjoy. And I think that's, you know, seeing seeing people come together, and I'm sure we'll talk about more about that later. Um, but that's kind of where, where it started, just CrossFit, do a mud run, and then all of a sudden, like – like everyone probably listening to this, it's like, how do I sign up for everything? I want all the medals, all the shirts, all the fun, all the obstacles, and yeah. Oh yeah, I think we I don't know if that was the short too. version or not, but no, I love it. That's great. <laughs> I think we've all kind of done that though, where we sign up for one thing, and all of a sudden that leads to the to the next, and you know, sometimes we do something hard, or maybe we feel like we get in over our head, but. In all honestly, we end up signing up for five more things that are maybe the same level of difficulty or even harder the next day or three days later, right? Yeah, totally. Or maybe that's just my addiction. 
No, definitely, you're not alone. Uh, I like hearing that. You know what? Um, I really appreciate the background. I think that that hits exactly where I kind of wanted to talk about it with you, and and I think it gives people an appreciation. Plus, one of the oldest CrossFit gyms. That's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. So stones. Let's talk stones because you know I'm a huge fan of uneven load and odd object carries. Uh, tell me a little bit more about stones and your per- your personal experience with them. Stones. Um, so I mean, I guess that you know it it it's kind of a twofold history wise. I guess with me is you know I grew up out kind of in the sticks and <clears throat> always doing like my parents had horses, so it's always like go out and move those rocks and all that stuff and it you know always from a that standpoint early on not even realizing that i'm doing something um kind of primal or whatever you know picking this thing up and moving it um so i always kind of do that did that and then starting crossfit i go into this you know building with no windows i don't know anybody and over in one corner you know there's 30 of these round heavy stones that i would see on you know espn early Sunday mornings or something. So that was definitely like, what the heck is going on over there? So, you know, fast forward six months, it's like something we do kind of on the regular, whether it's just lifting these stones, you know, 20 times during a workout or doing one rep max stones and kind of with a strongman background for Wayne and CrossFit, it's like regularly doing, you know, 230-pound, 260-pound stone or larger was kind of like so that's it's kind of fun going to spartan races like when when whenever we have kind of our crossfit crew go we're like out there teaching people how to like lift these stones just because it's just a you know kind of everyday thing for us so um and it's kind of turned into a fun thing as well um probably probably six months ago now maybe a little longer um as a fun thing for our gym our coach um left this rock. I don't know where the rock originated from. I'm assuming his backyard. And he left it on one of one of his neighbors, a member at the gym, left it in his front yard and he just wrote on it, You have seventy two hours and the funny thing about that is is that that guy was a cop and his mother in law was there watching his kids and kinda of went inside and called him and said, Hey, there's this weird rock on your front lawn that says you have seventy two hours. Should I be nervous? And what it ends up being is this about 130, 140-pound rock, and you have 72 hours to carry it um, 800 meters uh, or a half mile. And then you, once you're done, you leave it at someone else's yard. And so I got that pretty quickly. Like woke up one morning, went to work, and here's this rock. And just kind of the fun, fun thing with stones. And, um, yeah, I guess that's kind of my history with stones, I guess. That's amazing. Yeah. And my heaviest stone um, is, uh, they call it the blob. It was the first stone he ever made, um, and it kind of fell apart midway through, so it's like this kind of like weird-shaped stone, not perfectly round, and it's 303 pounds, and that's my my heaviest stone to about chest height. So, oh. Yeah. I'm completely inspired to go pick up some big old rocks. Yeah. I'll have to, uh, we'll, I'll definitely have to get you down to our gym and, have a little fun. There's there's a ton of other random weird objects that he has, and he definitely enjoys kind of giving people a tour and going, "Can you lift that? Can you lift that?" So I'll uh, I'll have to try and get you down sometime. I'm sewing. <laughs> I got to meet the blob. I yep. Seventy two hour stone. That sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Who needs pen pals or 
back school jokes or anything else when you got a, a rock in your lawn. <laughs> Sounds so ominous. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, it's and the thing about it is, you know, you lift it, you lift it, and you're kind of like, okay, whatever. Like it's really not. I mean, it's heavy, but it's not that heavy. So then you start walking with this thing, and it's um, with a stone. You know, we're fine carrying it on the shoulder um, or carrying it kind of like um, like a baby, I guess. Like or I guess if you were pregnant. Um, but man, like the a hundred feet in, and you're just like, okay, I gotta stop. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. Like to see someone to, able to do like the whole thing without stopping would be insane. Like Im- I'd be super impressed. So that's kind of the the fun part about it is you're like, okay, this is not a not a big deal, and you're quickly humbled and like like dang it, why did I get stuck with this thing? So yeah, good times though. <laughs> what do you think that's done for you as far as help develop grit? Yeah, I mean definitely, and that I kind of it kind of goes into that whole endurance thing with like. Um, I mean, I guess being better about, um, looking at things before, before jumping in, but also being able to, you know, if you jump into something, whether it's a physical obstacle, um, or, you know, mentally at work, a relationship, you know, like just, just kind of teaching that, that endurance, like the same easy, but, you know, can't give up. And, um, but definitely from a physical aspect, it's just, man, that's, uh, and, and teaching, you know, that maybe you need to try something a little different to overcome that, that obstacle, that, um, you know, stone or whatever you're trying to move. So um, especially like in a team environment going, this isn't working well. This really sucks. Is there any other way we can try this to see if it's going to be easier? Um, do we have any items with us to, to, to make this more efficient on all of us? So definitely. Huge. Yeah. It's funny what something so simple and what can be so easily overlooked can do to build up character and, and change our lives for the better. I mean, if you boil it down, it's just a bunch of heavy rocks. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid old rocks. <laughs> that's amazing, dude. Yeah. Do you think that's helped get you to where you are now? Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, it certainly can't hurt. Um, um, and I, I just think it's fun. There, there's times where where I go to the gym, I guess, and think, why aren't we doing, you know, Fran this week or whatever? But I definitely have learned to appreciate the kind of the weird and different things that we do, specifically at my at my gym. But also, it it's just kind of the the unknown um, and kind of being open to the idea that you know, not sure what's going to happen next, and it's kind of weird. Our gym, we do not post our workouts ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So like I I never know what the workout's gonna be until I get there unless someone leaks it to me, but that's really, really frowned upon so if you get caught doing it. So um so that unknown, you know, is part of the whole you know, be able to do whatever and it definitely kinda leaked over to especially endurance events, a little bit of OCR. I mean, we all see the maps ahead of time and you kinda know the obstacles in general and general terrain, but definitely endurance events is kinda like, you know, you sign up with X amount of people and it's just like, all right, what kind of, what kind of fun are we going to get into tonight? And especially with some of the weird required items that, that you certainly, you know, dole out to, to people or, you know, uh, hurricane heats and all that stuff. So it's just like, what the heck do we need this for? And then, oh boy, here we go. I've been trying to, um, leverage less, uh, 
suspicious items more and more and find new ways to use old things. So <laughs> maybe it won't be so much of a racing map. Yeah. So, well, yeah, especially, yeah, to go, you know, oh, paracord, okay, what are we going to have to, like, we're going to have to make this thing and carry somebody? You know, it's, like, super obvious, and then in that surprise, like, nope, you're using it for this, or, you know, or, you know, the, not even a specific thing, but it, another one of those situations where it's, like, you're given a task, and you have this item that you kind of forget about that would completely change the direction of of the event, for that matter, and, you know, it's kind of fun watching people maybe use it or completely forget about it. Oh, absolutely. In fact, there are some very different uses for that upcoming next month. <laughs> so I got to ask, do you actually look at the the course map, the race map, before you do a race? Hmm. You know, I, I do. Um, I guess just kind of see, like, I mean, we all have favorite obstacles, whether that's ones we, you know, like the, the easy ones, like, oh, I got that one, or... Or the ones where it's like, oh, man, I hope the twister's there so that I can give that another go because last time it was raining and, you know, whatever. So um, I definitely look at it, but, you know, I think they they what, post those about a week ahead of time. And I look at that one time, uh, read the comments because it's usually, you know, so many people with their, you know, their comments. And then by the time the race goes, I completely forget what's, you know, what the – what the order is anyway, so it's just kind of like, oh, okay, we're doing that now. So it's, uh, I mean, I look, but I don't, I have such bad memory anyway, so I forget. <laughs> you know, I find the most enjoyment for me is, is I, I just don't look at it. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, if you accidentally see it or come across it, I try to, you know, look the other way. Um, one of the most special things for me is when running the race is not knowing what kind of challenge is going to be there. Uh-huh. You know, different races innovate in different ways and have different kinds of obstacle subsets, and some are a little bit more predictable. But you, you never know exactly what the race director's got planned. Yeah, and uh, I love running around a corner and <laughs> just having my mind blown, or just getting excited, or you know, having to regroup myself mentally and then go tackle it. I, I love that feeling. Um, and yeah, I feel like it helps sharpen me. Um, one of my favorite, favorite, oh, crap moments was the uh, the Montana Beast in 2016 when we, uh, you kind of come around this sharp little corner, and he kind of heard a couple people going, oh, my gosh, and all of a sudden there's this sandbag carry, and it's just up this <laughs> sharp hill. Yeah, that's definitely. Forever. <laughs> and then you come back yeah. forever. Um, I, I, I think even being at the bottom of that thing was like, I don't know. I mean, I still hear people talk about that on the course, especially when it's kind of like a, a pretty laid back sandbag carry or something. People are always just like, this is nothing. Try the, the Montana beast or, you know, even the Tahoe one. People talk about that one, but definitely the Montana one was just like, and everyone, I feel like everyone was on that hill when they shortened it down was like, well, I, you know, I, w- I went all the way to the top and then they shortened it, you know, when I was halfway down and. But that, yeah, that certainly is a sandbag to never forget. Oh, absolutely. And that hill, too, was it was tall enough and steep enough that at the bottom, or even you know anywhere on the bottom, you couldn't see the definitive top. No, no. You got to the, what you thought was the top, and you realized it was just a little flat part for, you know, 20 feet, and then it kept going, and it was just like a total mirage, like, dang it. Yeah, that's uh, that's another one of those, I mean, just like the – to, to 
if you could have seen somebody grab the sandbag and do that thing top to bottom without stopping would have been insane as you know as prescribed with the the men or females weight like to do that would have been insane i I mean maybe someone did it but that would have been nuts you know um not just that but i don't think anybody came away just completely clean from that i mean it was dirty it was dusty there were gravel but there was large rocks everywhere and um i saw a couple of people injured because oh yeah you get that long hill those rocks start rolling and catch momentum. They'll take you out. There was a gal that uh, the group I was with, we all were shouting and hollering because we saw this big rock just scream right past. I mean, it might have been a softball, right? But that's a big rock catching lots of speed. And we were yelling, get out of the way. Look, there's a rock. And it just lightning right past us and went straight into this gal's shin. Oh. Doubled her over. Um you know, and obviously we made sure she was okay, and you know she toughed it out and got back down to the bottom of the hill, and that was that was just amazing. Um, but you know that that was a, a hill that I will never forget, and it was amazing. I loved it. Yeah, no, it's definitely, and it you know it was almost like another obstacle just on top of it. I mean, it's it's a this slow slog all the way to the top, and then like you said, just the 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 train going down, um, trying to navigate that. You know, while holding onto this thing, your grip's shot, everything's shot, and you got to keep an eye on your feet and keep an eye on where your hand is. So you can maybe grab something because it gets so steep. And uh, I think that's, in in as far as course design goes, I think it was well placed just because I'm, I'm pretty sure that was kind of early on. Um, but if that would have been towards the end, that would have been just soul crushing and just body crushing. Just the cramps I, I imagine people would have experienced on that would have just been out of this world definitely uh like top five worst but also kind of fun obstacles ever for me definitely (laughs) i agree i agree yeah that was a that was a good one i think that's something that um we're gonna see more of Mm -hmm. going into 2018 um you know spartan race came out with a few obstacles this year you know they have variegated versions um you know some of their classics and the Twister definitely was a hit. Um, yeah. Something that was challenging for all racers. And I think they, they that's where they, they scored an A-plus, right? Because how do, they create a new, how do they innovate a new obstacle that's challenging for everyone, but also is easily variable? And we saw all sorts of different versions of Twister uh, throughout mm-hmm. 2017. And, I you know, I'm excited to see what they do this next year. But I think... That's something that they're really, they're actively looking for ways to practically innovate their own obstacles as well as make them challenging to all racer types, but also completable by all racers. Um, yeah. That's a tough gig. Yeah. Oh, certainly. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, there's just so many aspects, you know, to, I, I can't imagine being a course designer. It seems like one of those jobs like, oh, you just, you know, you got these 35 obstacles to choose from. You just kind of, look at a map and just, you know, throw darts at it and cool. We got a, we got a course. And while that's certainly, you know, doable for some, um, uh, more fun runs, I guess. Um, when you're talking like Spartan, Tough Mudder and stuff like that, there's definitely a, a skill or a knack for it. And, uh, it kind of, it, it can change, you know, people talk about, um, how more, di- how difficult the, 
the Seattle Super was versus the Seattle Beast, you know, the weather and just kind of a little bit of course design and, and putting certain obstacles in certain places, adding a little more difficulty, length, weight, whatever. And you can, you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people will wish for a new place here in Seattle, but they, they seem to, to make it interesting enough each time to be like, okay, that was kind of a completely different course. But, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to to what Spartan has in store for us. I'm, I'm certainly on the 30 burpee train <laughs> since that seems to be uh, the hot topic this week. Oh, the 30 versus 50 burpee penalty. Yeah. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. <laughs> and no matter what you think of Spartan Race, and no matter what you think of the 30 burpee penalty or a potential 50 burpee penalty, or however that might be applicated, uh, you know, throughout the race series, you got to remember that Joe is an entrepreneur and one of his strengths and sometimes the greatest strength can be a little bit of a weakness too if thought of in that manner um is he tinkers yeah and he doesn't just tinker to tinker sometimes it's very surgical where he will literally have social media experiences where he will say one thing to see your reaction or he will do one thing to see how you respond and overcome accept and roll with it, reject it, whatever. Um, and mm-hmm. he does that a lot with Spartan Race. He's done that with, you know, some of his other races or programs and businesses. Is he fine-tunes and finds, you know, the next best version of himself and the next best version of his races. And he's done a great job, I really think, of building a brand. I think, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, you know, in 2017, there's a lot of growth in a lot of different areas, and I think there's also some concerns in a couple of other areas, but, you know, the thing is when you've got something so massive that touches so many people, you know, standardizing but making every individual race tough um, and unique, um, as well as having the right balance of toughness, is a, that's a difficult task. And I think, oh, you know, sure. what he did in suggesting 50 burpees is, I think, you know, every once in a while he does things to intentionally kind of stir the pot and definitely see what we're going to do. And I kind of feel like that was maybe it. You know, maybe there is sincerity, sincerity in um, increasing it or doing different things, and that's fine. But, you know, I think this is, uh, we got to remember that he's uh, he's got plans on plans, and they all flow together. Oh, for sure, for sure. And even if he's just kind of creating conversation because, you know, it, it would be – it would be crazy for him for for Spartan to just introduce that, um, whether they do or not. But um, even just creating the conversation and kind of seeing where that goes, and and I, you know, I've read some comments about some of you know him being at certain races and saying, "Oh, I want to see you know people. I want to see you guys do this," and then just to kind of like you said, just see the reaction and and kind of go from there, and then going, "Okay, you guys are good. You 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 responded appropriately, you know." Or you know whatever. So um, yeah, it's it's been it's been fun reading the comments and kind of kind of seeing where that goes. So um, I guess uh, only time will tell. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Or I guess just fail fail less obstacles, so you just do the same amount of burpees. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. Easier, yeah, easier said than done. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay, so let's take a quick break and then uh, let's come back and talk a little bit about life behind the lens. Sweet. 
Gray's Harbor Unders makes the performance-based layer clothing you want and need. Whether you work, hunt, hike, fish, run, or ride in the great outdoors, if you work up a sweat, Gray's Harbor Unders are for you because their unique dual-layer fabric removes moisture from your body and keeps your skin dry, even when the outer layer is completely wet. It's a base layer like no other. Get you some at ghunders.com. That's ghunders.com for the best performance-based layer you'll ever wear. Hey, man, welcome back. Woohoo! So something that folks might not know is in addition to enjoyment through CrossFit and OCR and Endurance is you also do Dustin X. Garrett photography, and you've caught some pretty cool events behind camera lens, um, and that brings, I think, new perspective to, you know, what we do as far as why and who we are and the way we react to different things. So tell me uh, a little bit about, you know, what got you into photography and led you up to uh, now? Hmm. Well, um, I mean, I guess the, the, my whole history um, was just being in uh, growing up riding BMX, um, a little bit of racing and then straight into like the dirt jumping and, jumping downstairs and doing handrails and all that and wanting to document my friends doing that and just grabbing a camera and snapping pictures and then creating a website, you know, doing all that. Um, and then kind of after high school going, what the heck am I going to do with my life? And going to film school, um, learning, learning a little bit more about video and film and all that stuff. And then kind of getting out and going, you know what? I don't, I don't want to go to California. I don't want to go to New York. Um, so, you know, getting a regular nine to five, you know, job doing that and kind of doing a little bit of photography here and there and, um, keeping, keeping busy, just, you know, being a guy that likes adventure and always having a camera in my hands and trying to document those, those memories, those moments and all that. And just always being something that I either do whatever I'm doing, whether it's jet skiing, riding a motorcycle, doing CrossFit, um, or getting into OCR endurance stuff like that and it's kind of where where i guess you know my life kind of bumped in with with beast ocr and all that is signing up for that race back in 2015 and getting that and going okay well this is fun but you know how 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 do i get to be a guy with a camera here and um and that didn't seem overly exciting being the one guy, you know, at the end of the barbed wire crawl or the dunk wall, that seems like it'd be kind of boring for, for a guy like me. Um, and, but, you know, learning about Beast OCR and seeing what they're about. And then as my interest in endurance, um, style events grew, kind of, you know, literally reaching out to you and going, I, I want to do this. How can I help you help? you know, how can we create a relationship to help each other out here? And, um, I mean, I guess that was probably, I don't remember, um, the first event that I went to was, um, I don't remember the name of it right now. It was right after Beast Breaker. I remember that. Um, was it just a DevOps? No, no, that was uh phase five, January. That's right. 2017. Oh, wow. So that's, uh, that's almost been a year now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that was, you know, uh, going from being just, you know, another guy out running, doing obstacles and doing all that stuff to showing up at a parking lot at 
I feel like that was like three or four in the morning, maybe even earlier. And with all these people I have never met and, um, yeah. And here we are now a year later. <laughs> yeah. That was a good time. Phase five was, uh, something else. Yeah. That was, that was, I mean, that was something else for, for me, definitely, um, having, I think I had done a hurricane heat or two at that point. Um, I don't think I, I might've done, no, I don't think I'd even done, done a go ruck at that point. So it's kind of like, kind of still new to, to what endurance was or what it isn't. I don't know. And so that was just, I mean, completely, I definitely, when I got done and was in my car and called my girlfriend, I was just like, I have no idea what just happened, but I'm pretty sure I got some cool pictures. I met some really cool people and I kind of really like it, but I'm also like kind of confused right now. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you, uh, what do you take away from it? What do you like? Um, what did I like? What did I take away from it? You know, it, I, I liked just kind of how different it was than, than I guess the hurricane heat. Just in the being able to, it just seemed more, I seemed more intimate, I guess, which is, I don't know if that's the right way to even put it, but it just, you know, it's kind of a smaller group. I mean, and I hate to always kind of, you know, relate it to hurricane heats, but I, I mean, most of us are big Spartan, Spartan race people and, and the endurance thing. So we're, we're really familiar with hurricane heats, but um, th- those can be so kind of overwhelming. And I feel like you can kind of get lost in those just because there are so many people and one false move and, you know, everyone's doing um, Sally or something. So, um, so the, the kind of the smaller core group and it was just, it felt a little more intimate being able to communicate easier, work together. Um, and yeah, I think that's, I think that's what I liked so much about it, especially being able to see it as it progresses through the evening or like at morning actually, um, being able to watch that progression. Um, and I, I mean, I still don't know how well everyone there knew each other. Um, so that was kind of a different, I guess, view, but watching that progress throughout, um, and kind of how they take the event, I guess, you know, how they control it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, that was a fun event. It was, uh, it was experimental. We did a lot of things that we hadn't tried at that point. Um, and kind of was the, the finishing capstone after the original beast breaker for us. Um, and kind of helped set the tone for how we want to do things. So, you know, there's a lot of different variations of endurance out there. Um, and they're all particularly amazing, unique in different ways, but there's only so many ways you can carry heavy, weird things. <laughs> and there's so many, only so many ways that you can put somebody in the face of adversity and they can either, you know, accept it and rise to the occasion or balk at it. And, yeah. And just turn, turn tail, right? So, wanted to, um, put our own spin on it, but do it in a fun and inclusive way that would challenge people, uh, differently. Um, and I think we saw that in, in Thirsty Hill, particularly. Yeah. That one, <laughs> was, uh, one of my all time favorites. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was definitely a moment where I was just like, I myself was like, maybe it's time for me to walk home because these guys are never going to finish this. They're either gonna they're either gonna quit or they're gonna kill each other trying to do this because that was that was a wild ride for sure. Yeah, yeah, that was. Um, so for folks listening, 
uh, what Thirsty Hill was. It was maybe three hours into what we were doing and challenging people in different ways. And there's this pretty sharp hill in this kind of destitute, you know, formerly a housing area now, you know, kind of broken down suburbia, just covered in forest, right? Um, I think the last structure standing there was like the 60s or 70s. And there's this hill that had road on it, and the hill was maybe a quarter mile, a little bit between a quarter mile and half a mile. And, it, you know, it was covered in old concrete or asphalt, excuse me. And then, you know, about a half mile down from the edge of that was a river. And what our participants had to do was go down to the river, fill up their buckets, and then from there they had to get every corner inch piece of that asphalt wet, thus the Thirsty Hill. Now, that sounds easy and sounds maybe a bit monotonous, but <laughs> that was tough. Yeah. Well, I mean, some distance and some care. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely one of those things where it's like, yeah, you can just grab your bucket, fill it up, and you know, walk to the top, but it's like, we're talking, you know, what it was just barely getting light. I mean, when they started, it was pitch black still. I mean, definitely I got some photos and it's just pitch black. And it took them long enough to where it was starting to get light. But it's like, do you do you fill up your bucket 100% but then risk getting soaking wet when it's still dark? And, you know, you said it's January. so Or do you fill it, you know, a little more modestly, you know, three-quarter, maybe even half. And then, but then you're... You know, you're doubling your your trips because your bucket's only half full. So um, it was definitely there was some some technique to that for sure. And and seeing seeing people work together, which you know, it's like oh, you just go get a bucket, dump it on the hill, and you know, go back and get more. But there was definitely some 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 tricks to that and working together as a team. So that was entertaining, bizarre, crazy. Um, and I'm kind of glad that I had to just watch it, even though I had to walk up that hill, you know, up and down, you know, trying to grab pictures of everyone working together. So, <laughs> it was a good time. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> so, having that camera and taking that to events, what's your what's your favorite thing about seeing and capturing people in action? Um, there, there's kind of a couple things. And I'll probably forget one of them by the time I finish talking about the other one. Um, so we'll see what happens. But um, for me, it's, you know, I know, especially the, the hurricane heats I've shot, um, and even a little bit in, in the Beast events, is, you know, everyone wants, you know, the picture with their friend smiling at the end or whatever. Like, oh, yeah, we did this, got their patches, whatever. Um, but for me, it's definitely capturing the moments where they forget that I'm there. Um and it's, you know, where they have that, that look of determination on their face or that, that look of, of even failure or struggle. Um, it, it may not even be a photo they like, but seeing that emotion, capturing that emotion is, is so important for me to keep, to keep me going. Like I love capturing that and, um, I love sharing that. I know sometimes people, take that down, you know, I have that funny face, whatever, but that's, I mean, that that really, outside of doing one of the events, and that's, I feel like that's the only way to truly capture it is, is through those photos and trying to convey the emotion of the event, um, especially if it's one where it's not easy. I mean, it shouldn't be easy, um, but that's definitely my favorite, and I guess that rolls into the kind of the second 
the second reason why I like it is is when people do react to those. Either the person that's in the photo reacts as in, you know, thank you for capturing that moment. That moment, you know, means the world to me. I'm going through these struggles in my real life and this event, you know, changed me for this reason or this helped me through this struggle or this was a victory for me, you know, whatever the case may be, because, you know, we're all, we're all fighting our own battles and dealing with our own things because, you know, life's crazy and it's not easy. So, um, hearing people getting the thanks for, for that, capturing those moments, good, bad, or somewhere in between, but also reading the other people that are then inspired by seeing these photos, their friends on Facebook or Instagram, whatever, saying, oh, my gosh, you're such a badass, or I had no idea you did this stuff, or, you know, how do I sign up for one of these? Like, that's pretty cool, too, knowing that 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 moment is, you know, precious to somebody else or inspiring to somebody else. Like, that's such a good feeling to know that I have a, a little piece of, the, of that and, you know, potentially them having those moments down the road where they can go, man, like nothing in life made sense, but then I went and did this thing and it was completely amazing. And now, now I'm going to the gym three times a week and, you know, you just, you never know what a, a little moment will lead, you know, where it will lead someone, where it will take them. So that's, that's what it's all about for me, I guess. That's powerful. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, um, you know, and I, I, I never, it's always like, um, there's this, uh, Seahawks shooter, um, named Rod Marr, um, short little Asian dude. Like I've, I've never really talked to him a couple times. I, as a side note, I, I work for NFL films at the Seahawks home games. So I've, you know, I've talked to photographers here and there and he, I follow him on Twitter and a long, long time ago, he had some comment about like his only goal is to get one great shot, you know, wherever, wherever he may be shooting, whether it's a game or, you know, whatever he's doing. And it's kind of always stuck with me in that, like I still get nervous going to events especially at night because it's so hard to, to shoot at night. You know, you don't want to use a flash, blind people. So like, I was kind of going in, like, how am I going to get at least one decent shot? And then, you know, within however long, it's just like all of a sudden I, people, the, the event starts kind of turning into what it needs to be with the people that are there. Like, I'm sure for you as, as someone who puts these on, you kind of have your idea of like, okay, I'm going to do this. They're going to do this. If they don't do this, you know, in a certain amount of time, you know, but it's always the participants that are going to kind of guide the event. So that's kind of um, watching that unfold and being able to capture capture all that is, yeah, that's what it's all about. <laughs> yeah. You know, and there's definitely been times where I've been surprised at the courses of how people innovate mm -hmm. or maybe not necessarily just the ingenuity, but how maybe something so simple can stump an entire group of people for, <laughs> you know, a surprising amount of time. And vice versa. Yeah. Right? I've been on both sides of this. <laughs> um, and oh, it, there's there's always a room for improvement, but I think that's one of the most inspiring things is, you know, maybe that group tackles something in a new way that maybe I didn't foresee or plan for, and they just crush it. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they have a simple task and they're – overthinking it or they're working too hard or, you know, somehow it's just not clicking in the way that they can work together to overcome, but yet they persevere and they try and then they adjust and then they check and adjust and then overcome it. 
Uh, those are beautiful things. Yeah. Um, and how cool is it to, uh, to watch that take place, to see people actively overcome adversity? Definitely. And I mean, it's, it's a completely different experience being on either side of it, whether it's you, you know, being one of those participants or athletes that are trying to work with other people, some strangers, some of your, you know, best friends and, and overcome those obstacles or being, you know, on our side where it's kind of watching this. And I, th- I feel like we have a little clearer frame of mind, especially, I mean, and I don't always know what's going to happen. I, you don't always tell me. Um, and definitely when I'm doing like a hurricane heat, they, they, sometimes they don't even talk to me the whole event. So it's kind of like, I don't really know what's going to happen. Um, so watching kind of that unfold, it's, it's definitely sometimes it was like, holy crap, this is happening. Like, wow, you know, whatever. It's, it's pretty exciting. And it's, it, you kind of have like, I'm almost like proud for them. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, it's, yes, you're doing it. So, um, watching the gears turn and it's definitely, it's definitely a pretty cool feeling. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. What's, um, what's your favorite event that you've done so far? Uh, participated in and favorite one you've shot. Favorite event. I'll do favorite event I've participated in because I feel like that'll be maybe tougher. And I've done more of those. Um, and I'll limit it to endurance events. I really liked probably either my first hurricane heat or the hundredth hurricane heat, which I flew down to LA for in January, I guess. Um, yeah, which it was right after phase five, I think. Uh, that was a long time ago. <laughs> Kind of. Um, my first hurricane heat, probably just because it was my first endurance event at all, um, and it was with Dingo. And um, I mean, doing anything with that guy, he's he's uh, he can be a little, I guess, loud and intimidating, but he's so um, so caring on the other side of it. You know, it's just kind of a he's a he's a really good guy. It was a really good group of people, um, and that you know kind of opened my eyes to like this is this is what I like in the OCR world I guess is this you know working together helping each other being helped and all that stuff um, and not a crap ton of running because I have bad knees so uh, <laughs> running for 15 miles sometimes is uh, a little rough on me so that and then the the hundred thirteen heat um, it was just really cool because they kind of split that into it was three or four kind of diff little mini events with different curtail for each one. So it was like, you you know, you have Dingo and his brother, and then you had, um, I, I don't remember all, all of them, but, you know, it's just like you went through this, this little mini hurricane heat, and they all kind of had their own style. So I thought that was a lot of fun and kind of kind of different. Um, it was it felt a little rushed almost, like we were in class. It's like, oh, we got, you know, got 10 minutes left. We got to get the stuff in. But it was kind of just fun experiencing a little taste of everybody's, you know, hurt i guess and um kind of special um yeah and then as far as one i've shot man i I almost feel like like phase five might have been it but um uh i'm going through them all like they all kind of blend but they're all so unique as well Mm -hmm. what and i'm so bad with names too the one at uh up in near not issaquah redmond Mm mm-hmm the coal mines, is that right? Oh, the DevOps up there, where we built the wall. No. Or was that the original Feral? Feral, yeah, Feral. I really like that one. That one was a 
man, I don't know. They're all so unique. It's like I like them all. It's like I get done, and like I said about like getting that one photo, it's like experiencing that one thing. It's just it's so hard to be like like I loved this about that one, and I loved you know this about that one, and um, so that that's that's so tough. I thought that would actually be easy. Be like, oh, I like this one the most, but that's that's kind of tough to answer. Yeah, that's um, that's good stuff. It makes sense. Yeah. What was that? Makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, they're, they're all, I don't know, it's probably just a cop out just because I have such a bad memory, but, um, <laughs> it truly is like, it's, it's been, been fun going to all these events this year. Um, seeing, seeing familiar faces, seeing new faces, seeing those familiar faces progress, um, deal with adversity in their lives and all that stuff. Like, oh, I have this injury, so I need to do, burpees with one leg or you know whatever um or seeing new faces that are just like to come in with kind of those like just fresh eyes and kind of a new being able to look at things differently as well when you get into these these moments where it's like oh we need to do this what do we do and there's the old timers i'll, I'll call them that that are kind of like oh we'll do this and then the, the new guy's like no let's do this let's try this. And it's like, Oh man, I didn't even think about that. It's like these kind of new fresh set of eyes. So kind of seeing those event after event, it's just kind of like super fun. And I'm completely not answering your question, but <laughs> no, <laughs> there you go. A time for one more thing here. And, and this is probably one of my favorite questions. <laughs> You're fine. Uh, <laughs> nothing too personal, right? Where were you from the clock last night? Um, <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I mean, in not necessarily in summary, but in what you've learned um, through your experiences from boulders and CrossFit uh, for years to racing and endurance, and then you know picking up a camera and catching people and, and witnessing people from a different perspective. Um, if you could impart one piece of wisdom to the rest of us from that, what would it be? Um, and I think this, I mean, I guess it's just life is short. I mean, it, it really is just short. I mean, like scientifically speaking, we're a blip on the radar, but I mean, life is so short if we live to 90, let alone we, you know, get into a car accident or a million other things that, that could make it even shorter. And it's kind of like, if you're not having fun, if you're not, if you're not, and, and whether that fun is an endurance event and you're not legitimately having fun at that moment, but if you're not doing things that excite you, that put a smile on your face, maybe when you're done, it's kind of like what what is the point or or why are you enduring that? So, that, I mean, I guess that's kind of like why I got into OCR because it was fun and you can't take yourself too seriously at the end of the day because I don't know. I guess I just struggle with that side of things when I see people that they they go to these events sometimes and it doesn't look like they're having fun. It's just like, why aren't you having fun? Like, this is supposed to be fun. Like, don't don't be so hard on yourself because you didn't, you know, you didn't complete that obstacle or whatever. And that's, for me, I guess as I, you know, get further along in this life and my time is slowly running out, as bad as that sounds, it's kind of like, you know what? We just got to have fun. Like, whether it's doing freaking beast fit test doing all those stupid burpees <laughs> or you know doing obstacles or doing just going to the gym every day knowing that 
I'm hopefully buying myself a little more time by becoming a stronger individual, a healthier individual, and preparing for the unknown. But I guess, I guess, I mean, really, it's just, you know, have more fun, do things that excite you, try things that may not seem appealing, but it's just like, what do you have to lose? Like, it's, uh, it's, it, it will run out eventually. So, gotta have fun. I guess that's what I got to say. <laughs> I hope that, I hope that, uh, sounds alright or whatever. <laughs> I think, I think you touched on a good point is, uh, you know, the world, the entire world is out full of suffering in different ways. Uh-huh. And but the entire world is full of amazing overcoming. And mm-hmm. through not just necessarily trial and error, but I believe, you know, shared suffering and in the bonds of hardship that the most stalwart people and relationships and growth come from. So live a little bit and try something yeah. that terrifies you. Definitely. If that's something where you ask for that promotion. If that's something where you ask somebody out on a date. If that's mm-hmm. signing up for that hurricane heat or that obstacle course race. It's stepping out of your comfort zone and then doing it with people together where I think we experience and become better people. I mean, ultimately, that's where my personal growth has come come from and I think it's an easy metaphor for people to digest and uh, assimilate into their daily lives right um, yeah I, I mean you know with my background uh, you know a bad day was you know my cup of coffee was cold when I drank it and <laughs> it wasn't my favorite flavor and made perfectly and you know it, ru- it ruined a whole day yeah that was old me years ago and <laughs> you know Gratefulness and gratitude and, and strength and difficulty have turned me into somebody different. And I think you, you hit it is go live a little. You know, if it sounds yeah. fun, go try it. Why? Why? Yeah. What's stopping you? That's amazing. Good advice, Dustin. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's and it's not to say that you know we're not going to all experience a little bit of a darkness because I think you know to really appreciate the good days, you got to have a you got to have a couple bad days here and there. But that's kind of the cool thing about doing these endurance events is that. You kind of kind of build up a little bit of um, you, you prepare yourself for a little bit of that going. Eh, it's a bad day, but you know there'll be good days to come. And and if I just kind of put my put my head down and, and endure this a little bit, it'll uh, we'll get through it. So definitely, I agree completely. Agree, and that's a whole another ball game that I could spend hours talking about. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> we won't get into that. So, maybe next time. Part yeah, two. Next time. Deep thoughts with Dustin and that. Yes. Well, thank you again so much, Dustin. I always enjoy hanging out with you and spending time with you. You're a great man with great wisdom and insight and a big heart. So thank you uh, so much, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Dustin Garrett with Dustin X Garrett Photography. Um, he's OCR, an amazing dude um, with a, a very, very creative eye for things. Um, again, Dustin, thank you so much. Uh, any final thoughts? Nope, I think we uh, we touched on a lot, and I think if I keep talking, um, we'll never we'll never uh, we'll never let these uh, poor folks off the get their earbuds out of their ears or anything. So I appreciate uh, the the opportunity, and and uh, definitely look forward to seeing everybody out at some events in 2018. Awesome, thank you, Dustin. Have a wonderful day, and everyone listening, 
Thank you for listening to BeastNet. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast, brought to you by the Beast OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. Like us? Great. Join us at Facebook or BeastOCR.com. And thank you.